The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Welcome to the panel discussion, your home for comic book talk every week, right here on the network at BICBP-radio.com. My name is Matt Johnson, one of your hosts, and uh, and I'm joined by Micah. Micah? Oh, dang it, he's mute again. <laughs> Damn it, did he quit our show too? I did he actually do it this time? This is two weeks in a row he hasn't well, shown Well, last up. time he was pooping himself to death. He might have quit. Two uh, weeks in a row? Two, yeah, well, it's the holiday season. It's the holiday season. <laughs> it is. No, Micah is uh, Micah's taking care of business. TCOB, <laughs> working overtime. He actually, I, I guess. That's honestly the guy's honest truth. Yeah, he's, he's um, putting in extra work hours, missing days because of the holidays. So. Yeah. Good on him. Good on him. Uh, that is the voice of Mr. William Smith. How's it going, everybody? Happy holidays to everybody. Good times, good times. Yeah, happy Festivus and all that stuff, whatever you Feats celebrate. Feats of strength, <laughs> aluminum poles. Whatever it may be that you celebrate, we are uh, we are happy that you are taking the time to listen to us this week. Uh, a big week for, I mean, we might as well just, this is pretty much a Star Wars podcast. This is a, this well, is that, a that's, <laughs> I mean, which I'm okay, but it's like, it's comic book culture. Yeah. It's yeah. pop culture, so yeah. like, we have to talk There's about Dark it. Horse comics. Star Wars goes back a ways. It does. Before Dark Horse, they were with Marvel. <laughs> I mean, that awesome run. That's true. With that's the green true. space rabbit, Jackson. <laughs> that's, a, that's a deep cut right that's a there. Thro- that's a throwback. That's a throwback. We're going to talk Star Wars. We're going to talk the Mandalorian Season 2 finale, so if you haven't watched it yet, maybe skip ahead a few minutes. We'll try not to spoil anything for you. Um, oh, for come on. those everybody. who watched it. Yeah, it was that was just there's amazing. It was. I was so happy to be wrong. I, I, I mean, very seldom they were like, man, I was wrong, but I was so happy that I was wrong that... I mean, my theory was it was going to be Mace Windu coming back, Sam Jackson kicking ass, that pulling was, out his bad motherfucker yeah. wallet. <laughs> that was one of those deep theories that I would have been like, "Holy shit, Mike or Will's onto something." Yeah, uh, it was I, one of those deep ones. Yeah, I just thought it would it it brought up more conflict with Boba being around and all that stuff. So I just thought it, it would it would uh, portray well as far as pushing the series forward. To be honest with you, like after watching that season two finale, like. That could be the series finale, and I would be Most totally fine so. with that. Yeah. I mean, like, for me, I mean, we're going to start just on the part of Mando. You know, the big connection is, like, I'm not interested in him not with Grogu. Or, yeah. You know what I mean? I, that that doesn't appeal to me. Uh, I love, I, I like the character, but the, the biggest thing has been him with a child. Well, it's been That's the only been the thing. Draw. Yeah, it's, I it mean, has been the only thing. The only episode he's been without him was the first episode, yeah. and that was it. That was it. That's the connection. So if they do, su- if they do continue and they find a way to reconnect them, I am all for it. Um, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be opposed if they did. Kind of like, uh, okay, we take a break from that character from Din for a little bit. Yeah. Focus on the Book of Boba, which was announced for next year. Focus on him for a little bit. Maybe we focus on that Rangers of the New Republic. I just, I don't know who's going to be in that, yeah. but um, I, I mean, I can speculate. And then like something else comes up, and those characters come together a la Avengers style. You know, you give some characters a break, but then something cataclysmic comes up, and these characters that we know have already come back together to conquer or 
fight off, you know, X, Y, Z. Say, say, say they get back together because they heard, hey, wait a minute, that Luke Skywalker guy, something crazy happened to his training facility. Apparently it was they were usurped and this emo motherfucker just started killing everybody. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's not a bad theory. You know, it's it's pretty cool. Like, it, and, and I will admit, like, I, there was some points in, in this Mando season, the very early that I was a little worried. I was like, what is, what is the, what's the end game in all this? But uh, honestly, you know, looking back, it's set up so much. Yeah, it has, it has set up the good future that I think everybody wanted with Star Wars. Yeah, that this this really has. Uh, and I'm gonna allude because I heard some rumors today that they are maybe doing a Luke Skywalker show. Maybe it's it's somebody said it to me. It could be in the works, but um, I wanted to. I did want to talk about this moment because I've watched a lot of people watching. I've done. I, I've watched it myself, and then I wanted, I was like, oh, man, I want to see what people think. I mean, I, I, I woke up at 4 a.m. Friday morning to watch that episode in peace because my bratty kids just go nuts. <laughs> I mean, I had to be to work at 6 a.m., so, I mean, I woke up at 4 a.m. to watch it and then got to work, and I'm like, I can't. I can't. I wouldn't have been able to focus at work knowing that there's this episode of The Mandalorian. Oh, I would have lost your mind. Yeah, I would have been, I would have been just itching so i had to get it over with after my wife did what she did a oh couple yeah weeks you, ago yeah. i mean i was like sorry i'm not waiting for yeah, you yeah kids gloves off man yeah. I'd, I'd be like leaving little notes little post-its around <laughs> spoiling shit for her if i were you <laughs> no i maybe not uh, I, I talk a big game i'm, I'm a pussy cat when i go home i no, walk I, on eggshells I, I still am i know who wears the pants in our relationship yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey smart man to know that that's marriage uh so this cameo this appearance by luke skywalker has been very very much talked about a lot of good ways a lot of bad ways for me i i was i loved it um i thought this they did in what two three minutes you think the screen time yeah two three minutes of screen time they did so much more with luke skywalker than ryan johnson did in an entire film i'm telling you my my, this is my this is my next big theory that wasn't luke Mark Hamill wasn't playing Luke. He was playing an evil <laughs> evil clone, an evil doppelganger. Oh. They're working with clones. I mean, they cloned the Emperor. That's not Luke. That wasn't Luke. That was an old curmudgeon clone, like Joris Kabath from the Thrawn trilogy. Just this crazy old clone, man. It wasn't even Luke. He thinks he's Luke, but he's not. They're going to do something crazy. <laughs> I don't know what they're going to do, but... Like Miss Windu? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They'll do some crazy stuff. No, I it, I like to swing for the fence. I, I, I'm all for it. Hot takes. Hot takes here at the panel discussion. Um I mean most likely for I mean maybe it's multiverse stuff. Yeah. New multiverse. Yeah. Well, the, the the only thing I didn't like about this episode was there was one thing that happened toward the climax that really took me out of the moment of the return of Luke Skywalker. The moment where Moff Gideon grabs the blaster and he just lights up Bo-Katan. Oh, yeah. And then he goes to shoot Grogu, and, and Din jumps in front of the, the, the fire. And then he goes to shoot himself, and Cara Dune knocks the blaster out. You do not see Bo-Katan's character again until the end of the episode establishing shot of seeing everybody. Right. So the whole time, I'm like, they just killed Bo-Katan? Oh, yeah, that's a good And, point. like, the whole time I'm sitting there, I'm like, I should be more emotionally invested in this whole Din and, and Grogu parting ways and Luke Skywalker coming back. But the whole t- time, in the back of my mind, I'm like, they just killed off bo Like, it was nothing. But, like, and it could have been easily solved. Like, she should have been the one to knock the blaster away 
from Moff Gideon to stop him from committing suicide. Right. Instead of, like, we needed to see one establishing shot of her. Because, I mean, I've watched the thing at least ten times because nerdgasm. But, like, every time I'm like, yeah, like, it should have been her knocking that blaster out so we could see, okay, she's not dead, she's alive. Just to to see her do something. Right. Because that's literally, you, you see her get lit up with gunfire, and you don't see her again until the end of shot where it shows... You know, panning show, out. Yeah, just a look. Just a, it yeah. could have been a one-two second yep. shot that she was okay. Yeah, and I could, I could definitely understand that. I could definitely understand that. I mean, it, it looked like she at first she took the shots like she like ate them like tic tacs, like she was all right. Yeah, but we but, like okay, we know that Din has the best car armor. Yeah. We don't know that she does. That's true. You yeah, know, that's a good point. So, um, we're just assuming, right? But, we're just assuming, but yeah, it, I mean, a one-two second shot would have been would have validated it, but. Um, yeah, this Luke Skywalker moment though, I like it. This is this is cool. I don't think even I don't think anybody expected it really until they started announcing that you know we're gonna, oh you get in contact with the Jedi and it's, it, it's like oh my god what are they gonna do Yeah, what are they gonna do They're gonna hire an actor. They're gonna do CGI, and a lot of people complain about the CGI. And well, I, they haven't nailed that yet. Um, I mean, it's you, not you, perfect. You can but I see think it, it was do it was acceptable. It's it's acceptable. I mean, you know, I mean, it's it's movie magic. You have to suspend disbelief. But um, did, it even, t- did it take you out of the moment? Did it take you out of the moment? I thought everything was good except the mouth. Okay. When you watch him speak, it's almost like they're afraid to animate the mouth too much. Right. So it almost just looks like he's like, meh, 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 meh. And like, so, I mean, I thought everything else was good. Now, uh, when I saw Rogue One for the first time, I thought the Peter Cushing just looked... It everything like the eyes didn't look right. Yeah, the skin didn't look right, um, and that was more of an extended scene. It wasn't just like you know a guy talking two seconds. He was in it for quite a bit more interaction. It was more well lit. So I mean, they're they're taking steps in the right direction. Same thing with like the Princess Leia at the end of Rogue One. Yeah, I mean that was just a turnaround and one line. It's a cool thing. piece of technology that Disney definitely. Like is is well, on the front lines of well, not even just Dis- like Dis- okay, Disney started it originally they did. I with Gemini uh, Man. They had, they had used uh, it for Gemini Tron- Man. Well, Tron, um, yeah, Gemini Man. That, that's another one with Will Smith. I, I I couldn't bring myself to to watch it. I liked it. I liked um, it. okay, it was good. Um, but they, I think they first started with uh, Tron Legacy with Jeff Bridges, oh, yeah, digitally yeah. de-aging him. But that one, if it wasn't perfect, it got the pass that this isn't. The real world. This is the digital front. This is the Tron world. This is the cyber world. So if he looks a little off, that's okay. Yeah. Um. The Irishman. Like I, I, I had to sit through that thrall of four freaking hours, not in one sitting. I had to do that in like three sittings. But even that, it's like, okay, yeah, you've de-aged Robert De Niro, but guess what? He's still walking like a ninety-year-old man. <laughs> Like, yeah, you made Pesci look a little younger, but his scoliosis is still very evident. <laughs> like, like, there's, uh, I mean, so there's, there's things. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how I feel about digitally de aging actors, digitally recreating deceased actors. I think it's a slippery slope. It's, it's, it's definitely intriguing. It's definitely intriguing. Because uh, I thought many people were gonna were, were thinking that was gonna be the fate of Black Panther too, T'Challa. Um, but but yeah, I mean, just, but it was. I think it was a cool. It was a really just a really no. Good, for, well done for what it was, it was good. The mouth was the only thing that bothered me, and you could tell yeah. that they probably knew that because if you if you, I mean, like I said, I've watched it ten damn times. Yeah, probably plus. But a lot of Luke's dialogue was delivered with you just see like the silhouette of him. 
there was only maybe like two or three lines where you see him delivering the lines, which was which was smart on their yeah. part. Smoke because they, because they, pro- yeah, they probably realized, yeah, there's something wrong with this mouth, but we can't do everything with him. Not right, you know, we can't do it the whole thing like that. It's not going to work. It's not no. going to play. But it w- yeah, it w- I loved the uh, and and you and I, you and I and Mike had talked about it in the group chat, but. You know, just just how like it, it seemed like a tribute to one of the best scenes in Rogue One. Oh, it totally was. It's it a, was like I rewatched Rogue One that scene. Um, I it's watched it mirrored. Yeah, I watched it. Somebody it's almost mirrored on yeah, my YouTube because there was the similarities were uncanny. Yeah, there, even that shot. Like, there's a point where Vader picks up a guy and he's choking him, and then he throws him to the side. And right at the end, Luke he takes that last dark trooper and he just crushes it and throws it aside. So I mean there were parallel visions for sure. Which I I I, I, I like that. That I, was cool. I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. That was the best version. I think you know it wasn't like the Mark Hamill we know and love, Mark, young Mark Hamill. Um but this is one of the best I thought in like action sequences of Luke Skywalker that yeah. we've ever seen. I mean my it o- was. my only gripe was it looked like it was like 2 days after Jedi. I mean I felt like they could have aged him a little bit, weathered him changed his wardrobe a little bit i mean play homage okay yeah that's luke after jedi but i mean what five six years are supposed to pass look how much boba fett's changed i felt that they just kind of like took luke from the end of jedi and just yeah there he is right yeah that. that's I mean, a tough call that's yeah a tough call to, to think how imaginative to get i mean that. don't get me wrong i loved it oh yeah but um i mean i know that that was a gripe of a lot of people the other thing i don't know if you were a, a big fan of star wars rebels uh, I, the cartoons are sometimes hard for me to get into. I, I get, appreciate the references that yeah. get. Mm-hmm. I'll go and find a clip on YouTube. Rebel, like Clone, Clone Wars, I felt like started a little slow, but then it oh it just got better and better and better and better and better. Whereas Rebels, um, it kind of peaked at the end of the f- first season, then it really got good at the end of the second season. The third and fourth season were kind of like hit or miss, right? Um, but um. A lot of people were complaining that because Sabine wouldn't accept the Darksaber from Mando, right? And, like, as Moff Gideon said, you know, it's not in having the saber. It's the story of the saber. And a lot of people were complaining because in Rebels, Bo-Katan accepts the saber from Sabine. Like, she hands it to her, Mm, and she accepts it. People are like, well, I don't get it. She did it once before. Why wouldn't she do it now? And I'm like... Please, like, you ever fucking do something in your life that you regretted doing and you learned nothing from it? Like, clearly, she accepted it without combat once. Right. And that didn't go well because she clearly had it taken away from her. Mandalore's destroyed. Uh, so, yeah, she she realized in hindsight, yeah, I probably shouldn't have accepted it and I should have won it in combat. So I'm not going to make that mistake again. Right. So why would she? Like, like that, that, that to me was more understandable why she wouldn't accept it because clearly that wasn't the right thing to do like we've all been there i know i've done it i'm sure you have like we've done stuff in our past i'm like yeah in hindsight that probably wasn't a smart decision if that if that opportunity ever comes up again i tell you what i'm not gonna do the same goddamn thing i did before which i regret see the first part what you just said i usually i i have a lot of regret but the second i usually just like oh i'm gonna do it again uh <laughs> just who i am as a person but no you're you're 100 right i i you know, I wasn't diehard into Rebels, but that's that's a good perspective that a lot of people, you know, a lot of people were, were questioning. Uh, yeah, I, I watched Star I Wars mean, Siri I, a lot I, on YouTube, and he didn't quite understand it either. Yeah, I mean, but. I get it. If it if somebody did this in the past, why wouldn't they do it in the future? And I'm like, well, look at your own life. 
it, it, are you going to do the same thing in the future that you did in the past? Probably not because you've learned from that experience that that didn't work so well. Right. So to me, it made sense, but I could understand why some people wouldn't make that connect. No, for sure. For sure. Uh, so that's Mando. So that's all done. And we got the the uh, the, the stinger at the end. That was cool. With uh, the Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, little Bib Fortuna was still alive oh, somehow. He was, yeah, he's putting on those pounds. Yeah, like he's packing Like a hot wood. He did, and he <laughs> was dead real quick. I was real sad. Real sad. Because one of my favorite characters, he totally should have been there and wasn't. Good old Salacious Crumb. Oh, yeah. I that would have been great if he was just sitting there on the throne, just cackling away. That really would have done it for me. Yeah, it was pretty cool though to see Jabba's palace at the end of it. But uh, this was a really cool story arc for for Boba Fett going forward. Like, yep, everybody wanted a Boba Fett movie, and we knew we weren't gonna get it after the Solo disaster. Uh, with viewer, like they're obviously gonna go more Disney Plus now, um, and we weren't expecting it because they they were smart. They didn't announce it. For that Disney Entertainment, the the big you know the, yeah. the big reveal, they purposely didn't release it uh, for the reason that they didn't want to spoil the end of of the Mandalorian. So, um, so this is really cool. It's a cool image. Uh, yeah, I I like the, the throwback to Jabba's palace. I like Boba Fett being a prominent figure in in Star Wars, you know, yep. the galaxy again. And I'm excited to see where that takes it because now he's an underworld boss, and this is a whole new dimension to his character. Yeah, whole new and, dimension. Uh, you know, I feel like uh, apparently in the lore, the the six years after Jabba died, uh, like the criminal underworld has just been in like chaos. It's just been like gunslinger times. Yeah. So Boba Fett's there to I don't know bring some kind of order and justice to it. Who knows? But I thought it was cool. Maybe maybe you know maybe Salacious is just running around in that could be muck hole. Hopefully could he comes be. back in the old book of Boba Fett. <laughs> It could be. So. I really hope we get. I, I hope we get uh, Salacious Crumb back, and I really want uh, Malachi, the old Rancor keeper. Oh, the guy who cried. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, that's his pet. <laughs> that's his pet. I know. I know. It was a beautiful. Moment. One of the things, like I was texting a buddy of mine, and uh, he's like, he's like, so because at first I didn't see the after credit stinger. He's like, did you see that after credit stinger? I'm like, what? No, I didn't. So I immediately watch it, and two things I noticed. One was I love the fact that Bib Fortuna dropped the McClunky bomb. Are you familiar with the McClunky bomb? No. So when <laughs> when Disney Plus came out, one of the biggest complaints that people had was when they went to go rewatch the original trilogy, the scene of the infamous Han and Greedo scene, they changed the dialogue for God knows what fucking reason. But right before Han shoots Greedo, Greedo's doing his normal dialogue, ah, da, 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 and then he goes, McClunky, and then Han uh. shoots him. So it's like, oh, yeah. like what? The, why, why did they add? Like, what is that? And like, my friend and I just realized that it's probably some like pencil pusher in the office of Lucasfilm, where they're like, "Fuck this McClunky asshole! Get, go get me my coffee, McClunky! Come on, McClunky! Sweep up that mess! Somebody pissed all over the seat in the uh, handicap stall. Go clean it up, McClunky! <laughs> like he's the office, he's the office uh, pissant. So everybody's like, "Yeah, we'll throw McClunky's name in there." So, so like, as I, was, I can respect that. Yeah, as uh, that—that's how we justified it. So, <laughs> as as uh, Boba's walking down the stairs, you hear Fortuna. He he just drops him a clunky bomb. So there was that. Um, yeah, I mean that that I thought that was that was pretty cool. Uh, but the other thing he goes, he goes like, was it? Did you did you think that when Fennec 
stood on the like right in front of Bib Fortuna. She's like, "Get off that! That's the Rancor pit, you stupid idiot!" <laughs> I'm like, "There's no Rancor. Luke killed it, you dummy." He's like, "Oh yeah." I'm like, "Yeah, poor Malachi or Maliki." And I go, "Why the hell do I know the name of the Rancor keeper?" <laughs> Why do I know his name? You are a passionate man. That's that's all that is. That's all that is. You love it. You're you're deep inside. You're. I've you're been deep. deep in the I've been deep in the lore since I was a six year old little boy. You have been. You have been. Um, that's cool. oh the other the other thing I want to bring up on the oh episode, yeah real real quick real quick was uh, the other thing I noticed and we talked about this last week. There was a moment in the Mandalorian season finale season two finale where we got Cara Dune. We got Bo-Katan, we got Fennec Shan, and we got Casca Reeves just kicking ass. Yeah. And you know what they didn't do? Just look at the camera and just go, eh, wink. <laughs> like, there's four kick-ass women kicking ass, and I didn't even right, notice it. Was it. A, it was an organic It was organic. Yep. It wasn't just, you know, Gamora standing up all of a sudden with all the female superheroes behind her for some contrived reason. Right. You know? Yeah. No, it was really cool. Yeah. They did a good job uh, presenting that. Uh, I thought I thought Sasha Banks was a lot better in this episode than she was in the. Yeah, I didn't care for her acting in the first one. No, it was. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of her as a wrestler either. No, but I I will give her credit. I thought she did a good job with the character in the season two finale. I agree. I agree. Uh, we have a lot of news. Uh, there's some news. Definitely some news to talk about. Um, first off, we'll start off with this. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago with uh, with H or. Whatever they're, they're releasing oh, all yep, those films HBO on HBO Max, Max. Yep. like they're doing everything. Like two thousand one, their whole movie slate is they going are. to HBO Max as well as I think they're doing some theatrical release. But we talked about that. But there is a issue. The director, I mean, I'm sure it'll eventually happen. But the director of Wonder Woman, Patty Jenkins, has said that um, she is unsure of a Wonder Woman three because of the move to HBO Max. So. Um, is it like uh, with her directing or just period? She, I think, well, according to this, according to the um, the article that I'm looking at, she's just unsure about it because, yeah, after HBO Max moved. So um, this is like, a, I think Hollywood's going to take, I mean, this is why the, I think the, the directors like Christopher Nolan and them are fighting it because there's like almost no money to be made, I think. It's very minimal. Yeah, it's it's very minimal. At I this mean, point. Th- at some point they're, they're gonna have to restructure how they do contracts because I know a lot of actors get like downside guarantees on box office revenue. Same thing with directors and stuff. There's obviously gonna have to change the way that contracts are made. Then, yeah, and no, they're definitely that, gonna have you know, to. And and like, and, and it's 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 interesting because yeah, I mean, that's capitalism I, for you. you. Don't I mean you don't do stuff. You don't put out art usually unless there's money to be made. Um, unless so, you're but, an actual artist, unless you're an actual artist, that's true. And then you, you're not if you're in the entertainment, you're if you're yes, that's true. Um, if you're in the entertainment industry, let's just say that you're not going to put your art out there um, for free. That's just that's capitalism. That's that's the way the world works. Um, so this is an intriguing route, uh, and it's definitely got things at a bit of a crossroads. Like we had this discussion a couple weeks ago, and, and you were on the side of yeah, Christopher Nolan's a boomer. Basically, like yeah. he doesn't doesn't get the day and age that we're living in right now. Um, you know, th- this could this could I mean, companies will figure it out. There's got to be ways to work around it. But uh, it's definitely going to change the way that we bring in entertainment. Yeah, I feel like you you have to adapt with the times. You can't just be stuck in as an old curmudgeon. And this is the way it was done for years. Yeah. Uh, movies were also shot in black and white at one point. Movies were also 
uh, with no sound. And then the talkies came around. Are you going to make a movie with no sound just because that was the way it was done? No, new technology comes out. Things change. Like, you have to adapt or you're going to be left behind. And that's not just with filmmaking and art. That's with everything. Yeah. I mean, look at football coaches. If you don't adapt to the way that, not just football, but just all sports. If you don't adapt to the way that the, the sport is going, you're going to be a dinosaur and you're not going to be successful. That's 100% true. That's 100% true. And, and yeah, we definitely see that uh, in a lot of different avenues. So, uh, so yeah, so movies are going to be changing a little bit. You know, unless this, if this COVID vaccine that's, you know, got uh, apparently working so far, allegedly, that's what the news is telling us. Um, you know, uh, things could go back to normal. Things could go back to normal. And uh, I think it's we'll it's strange that like Warner Brothers has just gone full on like, yeah, we're releasing everything to HBO Max. <laughs> and it, I don't know. I think it's just Warner Brothers as a whole. It's like they're, they're, they're like always trying to play catch up. I feel like we're Disney. It's like, OK, yeah, we're we, we have certain things that we're definitely releasing to our streaming service. Other things that we're saving for the theater, if and when that happens, you know, right. And I, I feel, I feel, I mean, I feel Disney is doing it a better service because they're still, they're not just crapping on the arts and crapping on the directors and like doing things with other directors' knowledge or their filmmakers' knowledge. But I just feel like Disney feels like they have their shit together more than Warner. Oh, Brothers. they do. I feel they, like they're ten steps ahead. I mean, they they like. I don't know. When I think HBO Max, Warner Brothers is not the first thing that I think of. It's not. No. When I think of HBO Max, Warner Brothers is not the first thing I think of. They're obviously connected somehow, but when I think of Disney Plus, yeah. I think Disney well, and Marvel think- and Star Wars, and they have the shoe in, right? It's like right there. Like It's almost like Disney knew this was happening. That, or not that they did, but they're, they're, they have the means to adjust right they, away. I think they were very fortunate that they got their streaming service up when they did yes like they, they 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 it's almost like they fell into it like they they got it up and going it wasn't great but they got it up and going before this pandemic hit now they're realizing that okay yeah we 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 have this this service this is the way we're going this is the way that the world is going this is what we have to do yep whereas like hbo max was available but it was just like it was I, a niche thing they were just it was strictly hbo and now, since like Warner Brothers, is like, well, we don't have our own thing, but we own HBO. Yep. Let's just let's just put all our shit on HBO Max. Yes. And I feel like HBO already has a brand stigma. You know what I mean? Whereas, like, like if you had like Warner Bros. Max, I feel like that would be more of an accessible for everybody streaming service for everybody. But oh, like Warner Bros. And, yeah, and, yeah. And, yeah. I get a Warner yeah. Brothers. You got Bugs Bunny, this, that, the other thing. Like everything. Like DC Comics, this, that, the other yeah. thing. Whereas when it you 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 uh your branding it is HBO Max, like HBO I still feel is like Game of Thrones. Movies. Those big time Yeah. Yeah. You get the HBO weekends back yeah, in the day. Exactly. <laughs> it's like just movies and yeah. okay. Some smut sometimes here and there. A little bit. Yeah. You know, it's like I don't know. I, I feel yeah. like they're they they should have rebranded that streaming service if that's where they they're sh- sinking all of their content. They should have. I think DC made a mistake doing their own streaming service. Well, I that, think I think, I, I think I, Warner Brothers like they, they were like, okay, we're gonna do HBO Max, and we're gonna do our DC, and I'm sure they would have done like a Looney Tune or a cartoon one instead oh, of just they, if, putting yeah. everything together. I agree. They wanted you to pay for this and pay for that and pay for this. 
almost like a cable network. It's like, okay, we got Boomerang. That's where you get our cartoons. You got to subscribe to that. Yeah. Oh, we got HBO. That's where you get our <laughs> premium movies. Got to subscribe to that. If, if they would have went all out and putting something like that all together, like they, they'd be doing fine. They'd yeah, be doing fine right I agree. now, honestly. Um, and they've set themselves. They, they've definitely set themselves back a little bit. So, uh, yeah, streaming I'm, service I'm is an interesting thing because it's like everybody's getting one now. Like, yeah. it's, it's coming at you. Yeah. And yeah, sure, maybe you canceled your cable. But you're paying all this money for all these different yeah, really cool yeah, streaming yeah. services, and now it's getting it's getting crazy. It's like it's almost comparable to having cable, but there's nothing on cable. <laughs> no, there's not. <laughs> no. Except football. But and, I can get and those football, yeah, I just put. I guess what I just bought an antenna for twenty bucks, and I get all my football. <laughs> I find a streaming service I can just sit in the PS4 and just watch it. So yeah. yeah. Um, but um, the other thing too is is like okay, so um, uh, okay, HBO Max, Wonder uh, Wonder Woman's coming out Christmas Day, right? Yeah. But you have to pay correct or no? I don't think so. Oh, okay. Okay. Good for them. I thought you had to pay extra for it. I didn't I to my understanding you don't I, I don't believe you do. Okay. To then my understanding. That's gonna be a huge huge draw to get new subscribers in. I will that, that that's not bad at all. To I'll my give understanding. Them credit. That's yeah. why like Di- like when Disney did Mulan it was like ooh. Well, cause, well Disney also gave they gave onward uh yeah, they gave onward the free treatment. Yep. yep. Uh, and they're doing soul on Christmas Day, that's, that's coming right. as a free treatment as well. Um, and Mulan just dropped. That movie was hot garbage. <laughs> so bad. How do you not have Mushu? Shame on you. Shame on you. Disgrace your ancestors or whatever they said. Uh, no, that, that's like the best line in the animated movie, and they freaking changed it for the live action. I'm like, I was like waiting for it. Like that scene was coming. Like it's it's building, and I'm like, oh, here comes a line. I'm like starting to tear up because I know it's coming. And then the freaking father drops some roundabout way of saying it. It's like if you're watching a Spider-Man movie and they go, guys, you know, when you you have power, uh, there's going to be some things that you have to do and some things you probably shouldn't do <laughs> called responsibility. And if you have responsibility, that probably means that you had power. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. Give me the line the way it's supposed to be. Give it to me in iambic pentameter. It's poetry. Yes, you're right. You're 100% right. That was a huge disservice to that film. Um, that's what they get. <laughs> That's what they get for changing the way. Like it's you don't have to reinvent the wheel when you're doing stuff like no, this. And just, it, just, they got what they deserve with Mulan. There's 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 pandering and then there's fan service. Yeah. Just give us fan service. Just fan service. Yeah, no pandering please. needed. Yeah, no. Uh, what do we got for? We got some other. Oh, news? Uh, the other thing. Uh, um, Thor: Love and Thunder. Yep. We have a. Uh, they've confirmed Jamie Alexander is re uh, re uh, returning. Returning. Thank Re- you. Returning. <laughs> To uh, her role as Lady Sif uh, for the movie, so that's that that's a huge coup. I know a lot of people were wondering, well, what the hell was she in Thor Ragnarok while she was filming her show on, I believe, CBS. I'm not she was totally all tatted sure. up. It was almost like a memento. Lady. Yeah, Beautiful. it was like almost yeah. a memento type thing. Like she had amnesia and she didn't know what was going on, but she had tattoos that would help her. Mm. Oh, okay, I know what you're talking. I think about. It was blank, I don't know the name blank of it. space or something. I don't know what the name of it was, but I know what you're talking. Either about. way, uh, they wanted her to come in for a day of shooting for Thor Ragnarok, and she couldn't make it due to scheduling conflicts. And she probably said it was probably the best thing ever because it <laughs> most likely would have just killed her, like they did the Warriors that's Three. True. The so she's returning, which I think that's cool. She was a great character in the first two Thor movies. My wife, you know. She's all about girl power, and I'm, and I'm cool with that. The first thing she noticed, the first thing she noticed when we said when we got out of Thor Ragnarok, 
Where was Lady Sif? Yep. <laughs> yeah. The first thing. And she's awesome. She's yeah, like she a, was a good character. They very I mean, good character. out of like Lady Sif. I would have loved to have seen her in, it's in Endgame. Lady Sif and the Warriors Three. Yeah. Like the Warriors Three. Okay, yeah. Mm, goodbye. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, la- where was Lady Sif? Um, it's a big question. Yeah, I, I mean, she would have been awesome. In, like I said, she, she probably got awesome in Endgame. She would have been really cool. Out of like all four of those characters in Thor one and Thor two, she probably got the most screen time, that's, the most character development. That's hundred. So for her to just to be absent was was I I thought uh, a huge red flag. I'm like, what's going on here? Uh, but yeah, she's coming back, which is I think a pretty cool, pretty cool thing. I hope her and Thor get together. Yeah, I'm they kind of teased at it. I'm they did. I'm I just I don't know what like and this is a good thing, but I don't know what I'm like I don't know what to expect with this movie. Yeah. I don't know what to expect. And I mean, I guess you kind of go into every Marvel movie they did with say like that, that, but Chris, Chris Pratt's in it, so the, there's going to be a little bit of Guardians. Good. Um I don't know how long they're going to be in it. It could just be the first quarter of the movie just cuz that's where the you know end game left off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm curious. I, I I like going into a movie not really knowing too much. Um, so yeah, that's, that's why that's like a, cool. like Infinity War and Endgame. Were, like, I, I do want to bring this up too because people were just like when those trailers came out, everyone's like, oh, they showed too much. Or then the next one came out, oh, they didn't show enough. Like people were, like flip flopping in that regard. And, like so, I, and I, I think and we've had this discussion. We, I think yeah, a yeah, good trailer doesn't give me what's going on in the movie. It just gives me the tone yes. of the movie. Yeah, and th- that's good. Like, it, and and it goes back to this conversation. You know, I like I kind of under like if I rewatch the trailer, I ki- I think I kind of understand the plot of, um, of Wonder Woman eighty four. Right, I have like a generalized idea of it. I, I don't want to know. Yeah, I don't want to know. That's that's the big thing with movies that the that the trailers these days they give away too much. So I I want to come into every show every piece of entertainment that I watch and, and just be completely surprised. That's the big thing. That's tough to do in this day and age. It sure is. Uh, sure is. Was that the only thing? Do we have any more? Um, I think that's that's kind of it. I mean, comic book wise, um, not a whole lot going on. I I did pick up a few new books. Uh, I haven't read it the this one yet, but I'm really excited to. Uh, they released. Uh, they're doing a Rorschach. Oh, okay. Comic book in DC. Uh, it's the DC Black Label. Kind of how they use that for the Three Jokers. It's like their premium book, so it's a little pricier, but um, it's cool to see that DC is still doing something with these characters after um, the Doomsday Clock event. Uh, I I kind of felt that kind of under delivered a little bit personally. Right. But uh, I'm excited to read this Rorschach. I hope I hope it's better than the before Watchmen that they launched way back when in like early 2010, I believe. Um, but that looks interesting. Um, not a whole lot on. Oh, I did see that uh, the uh, Ninja Turtles, the last Ronin comic, um, which we we spoke about when the first one dropped. Um, apparently that. Depending on how the sales go for that book, it could possibly open up a new, um, grittier, ongoing series for IDW and the Ninja Turtles with Eastman and Laird constantly contributing to that story. Oh, So depending on the sales, The Last Ronin could be the jumping off point for a continued series. And, I mean, the, uh, the IDW Turtles, I mean, I just picked up issue 112. So it's been going strong for almost a decade now. Tons of uh, offshoots, micro series, um, 
I mean, if you take all the offshoots and the you know the individual character comics that have gone hand in hand with the story with the IDW Turtles, you're probably looking at close to 200 books going strong. So I mean, it's a good series. It's very cohesive. Uh, a lot of character development, a lot of fan service in a good way, uh, bringing a lot of characters that, you know, yeah, oh, I remember that character. They bring him in. They do him service. Um, so uh, kudos. I mean, that, that that's cool for me to hear that they're possibly going to go in a darker, grittier uh, turtle way. Not like what you see on SNL with the uh, middle-aged mutant <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. No, it, one of them has diabetes. Who is it? We don't know. <laughs> no, it, it's I mean that's it's such a important piece of fictional history, you know, to fiction to you know, to, you just got to keep it going, right? Yeah, it, yeah. And you have and to I mean, find ways to reinvent it because uh if you don't, you know, it's it's going to become lost upon and, and new generations. That and, first yeah. issue of the last Ronin was very very good. Yeah, very you said good, good things about yeah, it. it. You it said great. good things it was about amazing. it. Um, but all right, everybody, we have some holiday books for you uh, to read for you. These what? will not be. Oh, you got something to say? I just wanted to ask. Okay. Yeah. Uh, with the holiday season, did you discover any new holiday specials, holiday movies? Something you you had never known existed and you, you stumbled upon it. Uh, Anything at all? I kind of want to th- think. Um, I mean, I finally got like, I didn't end up finishing it, but I, 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 Watch the Star Wars holiday special. Oh, so good, so good. <laughs> it's on YouTube for free. Yes, yeah, yes, it full, is full video. Um, yeah, it's hard to get through. It's hard to get. through. It's a little rough. The, yeah. the beginning is a. It's there's no there's yeah no subtitles. there's no subtitles. It's there's terrible. no yep. Man, that's the way it is. Uh, I I also the 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 one I was looking for. I remember watching it. Like I don't know how I remember because I was two when it was released. <laughs> but I I remembered was and uh, I stumbled on it on YouTube. Was the Muppet Family Christmas Special? It's amazing. Is it? It's on YouTube for free. It's about fifty minutes, and it's 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 the Muppets going Fozzie Bear going to visit his mom for the holiday season. But the coolest thing about this is Fozzie's mother rents the house out because she's going to go on a vacation. She doesn't know Fozzie's coming with all his buddies, so they drop in. She rents the house out to the old man from Fraggle Rock with his dog. And he just wants a quiet Christmas, but the Muppets win him over. So not only do we have the Muppets, but we have the old man from Fraggle Rock. And then as the Muppets are getting ready for Christmas, all the Sesame Street characters and the Muppets come. And they join. When did this come out? 87. And you've never seen it before? I never saw it before. Really? Because you're a big Muppet I'm a huge Muppet fan. Huge Muppet fan. Um, and I'm watching it, and it was beautiful. All the Sesame Street characters and all the Muppets, and there's even a scene where Robin and Kermit, they go down to Fraggle Rock, and they meet all the Fraggles, and there's a little song and dance number. So it was like all of Jim Henson's babies coming together. And I'm watching, I'm really enjoying it. And a uh, little-known fact about me, ever since I had kids, my emotional state, I'm a little bit more in tune with my emotional state. I cannot not cry Anytime I hear the Rainbow Connection song, you play Rainbow Connection, (laughs) I'm going to lose my goddamn mind. It just touches me, pulls on my heartstrings. It's a beautiful song. I wish the world would listen to it on repeat and we'd be living in a better place. (laughs) Regardless, at the end of the movie, it's beautiful. There's Jim Henson 
and he walks out and he sees all his creations celebrating Christmas together and 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 peace and love, and he goes, well, we got to do these dishes. They're not going to wash themselves. And he he's got an apron on. He throws the dish towel over his shoulder, and he walks out and he starts he starts washing the dishes. And it was just it tickled my fancy. It was such a beautiful. I, I recommend cool. everybody. It's free on YouTube. A Muppet Family Christmas. When I fin- when I finally tugs tugs all the all the strings. Good. It's great. When I finally finish my Christmas shopping tomorrow, when this episode gets released, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna have to sit down and, and take it relax oh, and just it's, watch it's, that. It's I, could, I could certainly appreciate the charm of that. I really can. Um, that's cool. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I feel like I've I know I haven't seen everything, but yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. I I see. I miss cable television because like cartoons around this time of the year. Uh, any TV shows, they always had like a, a Christmassy theme. And yeah. I mean, I don't watch a whole lot of TV outside of legit like football. That's it. That's all yeah. I watch. And I don't know. It's just not the same. Like they did. They did release a special on Netflix. Um, you know how they have the the movies that made us. Yeah. They did the Christmas movies that made us, and they, they did. A, did. They did a. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. They did a special on the Nightmare Before Christmas as well as um, Elf. The Elf one was really good. Okay. I I loved Elf too. Yeah. All right. I I did not know that came out. Did not know that came out. Uh, very good. Very good. Let us read. We're gonna do. Are we gonna do holiday specials next week, or are we gonna do something different? Yeah, let's go something different. I mean, after the holidays, it I, really don't matter. Yeah. We can find. We can. We can have a conversation. We can just do like a toy. Maybe I don't know. We'll figure something out. Figure yeah. something out. Yeah. Um, all right, so I will kick this one off as always because I am the Marty Gennetti of this tag team. Hey, nothing wrong with Marty. Just don't <laughs> do so much cocaine and you'll be okay. And don't tell people on Twitter <laughs> that you killed somebody. Or that um, you want to have sex with your stepdaughter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, just go look up Marty Gennetti. The man has lived. He certainly has. <laughs> uh, today's book, I decided to read something that, I mean, I've never obviously read. I'd never read this book before, but I've also never read this this uh, this brand before. And I decided to go with the the Howard the Duck holiday special Howard from the 1997. Duck. I have literally never sat and read a Howard the Duck book before. I've known about him. Uh, obviously, he has his own movie. He's appeared in Guardians of the Galaxy as well as Avengers Endgame. Yeah, uh, he was in there. He was for a brief second. Uh, but I've never sat and read it. I'm just like, oh, my God. This is really good. This is this is like Marvel's just just. A very goofy Marvel book. I love Howard. This the is Duck. like Deadpool. Yeah, Howard the Duck was like the OG Deadpool. He was. He most certainly was. So this 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 story is called uh, "Wreck the Malls with Hydra's Folly." And Ooh, uh, make sure that Red Skull knows that it's Hydra. <laughs> yes, callback. <laughs> Little callback from last week's uh, very. Inc- I'll call it incredible episode. Hey man, uh, it was good, man. I was blown away. Like. <laughs> I've never sat here and been like, the like, fact that it was like 2016, like that, that that's not like a book you <laughs> thought that'd be like the 80s, but no, they they're releasing stuff in 2016 with Hitler in it, the ghost of Hitler's past. Man, they must have had some, they got some big plums down Ooh. there. There's a the, the the fruit is definitely big in the loom down there. Uh, whoever put that book out, I that was interesting. You, that was great. <laughs> so it starts off. It looks like it's uh it's a video store. Uh, there's like a parent and stuff like, like with this kid asking to rent some movies. You know, you, you got any copies of the Santa Claus? It's a Wonderful Life, and and Howard's like, you want to go in a sugar shock just do, because it's you, Christmas Eve? Do you see the tape that Howard's holding? Peter Porker. Returns. Oh my god! 
that <laughs> makes perfect. That's interesting. Spider swine. <laughs> that's I did not look that close. I did. I st- I read an X Men and Spider Man crossover, and they re- they referenced Spider Ham, and I, yeah. I and when I read it when I was a kid, this came, book came out in like nineteen ninety six, nineteen ninety seven as a novel. I had no idea what they're talking about. Yep, blows my mind now. Um, he goes, yeah, you want to go into sugar shock just because it's Christmas Eve? How about the Wisconsin Weed Whacker Massacre? It's a staff pick. A whole busload of teenagers get whittled down to giblet gravy by a spinning piece of plastic string. Or Joe's Condo. Or get this, the live-action Spider-Man movie. And the, the diet goes, wait a minute, the Spider-Man movie? That one isn't even in production yet. And Howard goes, okay, so the video release is a little premature. Give me a break. And <laughs> this is funny. A character resembling Judge Dredd just runs out of nowhere. And he goes, <laughs> yeah, let me does. see that. Aha, piracy. He talks like a baby. I'm Judge Elmer Dwed of the CIA, and you're under a West duck. <laughs> and he just goes, hey, I just work here. I don't know where this management buys this stuff. I was just following orders. Um, what, some lady comes, and she pulls him. She pulls uh, him to the – she pulls Howard. They're going to a mall. Uh, a mall Santa. This is where I got the first Deadpool. Like, not where I got the first Deadpool vibes, but this was like intriguing. They go to a mall, and uh, they're like, "Yeah, they need whatever. They need somebody to replace Santa because Santa's beard got stuck in the escalator." <laughs> Those kids need to <laughs> learn to fear and respect that <laughs> elevator. I an yeah, escalator. I used to be terrified of the escalator. I still my kids. The my kids I don't still like don't it. know how to walk up one normal. I'll never forget this. The one time I went to uh, Times Square. Uh, the, the Toys R Us was still there. Yeah. And we're sitting there and the, the Toys R Us in Times Square and I'm going up the es- escalator and across the way, there's another escalator that's going the other direction. And this kid's fooling around on there. I go, Hey, you need to learn to fear <laughs> and respect that escalator. <laughs> and the kid like totally stopped fucking around. It was great. You got to man. Escalators yeah. are scary business. Yeah. And obviously it, it messed the sand up. It pretty Quote, much killed mall rats. I mean, that, that's what I learned from mall rats. You got to learn to fear and respect that escalator. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Uh, Howard's sitting in this chair. He gets, uh, he's just hanging out and, uh, you know, all these kids are coming up and, uh, this one rich kid goes, you know, they're just kind of cutting through, and he's just making fun of, like, privileged kids. Oh, and 500 shares of Microsoft and a platinum canopy fork and two bottles of Lef- uh, Lafitte Rothschild 1953. And, uh, and it's just it's it's kind of funny to see Howard is miserable. Some poor-looking kid uh, hope, walks is that, up. Is that, like, little baby Matt Murdock? Uh, it would be a fun twist. It would be a fun twist, but I can assure you it is not. Um, he's doing this pity party howard the duck is starts crying uh but he's like oh i'm blind and i got this and i got that i'm not gonna live long i want this he all he does is ask for a hug but uh you can't with, be hugging random kids nowadays <laughs> <laughs> hey man it was 1997 it was cool it was okay simpler back then. time it was okay back then so howard gives him a hug and the kid walks away and uh elmer dread comes he flies in again uh, he flies in another area. Have you seen a talking duck? You know, he's a notorious video pilot, and he's going to get shot on sight. Why? He's as high on the most wist, uh, on the most wanted list as Bernie Blind Boy Buford, the midget pickpocket. And you come to find out that that little blind kid that just hugged Howard was the, was that person. Uh, he pickpocketed. His wallet is uh, – <laughs> all, all his cigars are gone. 
And Howard not gets mad. He's not a stogie. He, he starts swearing, and there's, oh my god, that's kind of, that's kind of racist. <laughs> Do you see the kids in the next panel down? Which one? The oh, kid in the oh, African oh, oh, garb. Yeah. Oh my god! Well, there's one with a little dashiki with a little. Yeah, um, I mean, oh look at that. That one looks oh, like that's bad. That one looks like the woman who gives me syrup. <laughs> oh oh yeah. no, that's yeah. that's rough, man. Comics aren't insensitive. <laughs> no, I mean again, this was the '90s. It's a very different era. But there's just, there's a kid in here. He looks like I mean, straight out of Africa. Um, with like the horn things coming out of his head. Yeah, oh yeah, I forgot about that one. Yeah, that's interesting. He looks like he's from Wakanda. Could be. Could be a reference. Yeah, I, I don't know. It could we'll be. Just, we'll, we'll just move on. Yep. Uh, whatever. He's getting mad. Whatever. He he endures. He's like, okay, fine. I'll you know, I'll 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 stay here. He, he wants to leave and go get his stuff, but he stays there, and all the kids just jump on him. And uh, they cut to who's this thumb sucking Wolverine? That's, that's the blind kid. Oh, that, is that him? That's he. He was a pick. Yeah, he's a pickpocket. Okay, okay. He, he's he loves 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 dressed up as Wolverine, but he's like a he's a big dorky kid. And uh, Howard, look at, the, oh, look at the snot hanging from his yeah, nose. He's gross. <laughs> he's gross. Whatever. Howard catches up to him, and I don't think he realizes that's the kid who pickpocketed him, but. Um, yeah, I was fooled. <laughs> yeah, you were. Uh, suddenly, this elf, this old elf-looking thing, like barges in wherever they're at, and he's like, "Oh, you know, all his uh, whatever." There's something's going on with Santa. There's not going to be any Christmas. Hydra has taken over Santa's workshop. It's because they're not referring to it as Hydra anymore. That's, That's right. the problem. They messed up. <laughs> <laughs> they did. Uh, and all of a sudden, this the Santa's elf just disappears. So what they do? <laughs> Uh, they, that elf looks like straight out of Dark Crystal too. That's creepy. That Gremlins looks like yeah. one of the Gremlins a little yeah. bit, but I, I think you're all right about Dark Dark Crystal. Uh, they gather this. There's this bus thing, and what Howard is supposed to do now, because he was put in the situation to be a Santa's helper, him and a bunch of other Santa's helpers are gonna go emancipate the North Pole from the high truck. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of guns the, on this thing. The one, the one Santa looks like the. Uh, the guy, he looks like the character at the beginning of uh, Santa Claus is Coming to Town. The guy who's like, well, let me tell you about the year that <laughs> Santa Claus was made. Well, the kids always got the questions. Is that the one on the far right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He looks like he looks like that. Uh, <laughs> I forget the character's name, but he's like, I'll tell you what happened with Santa. Kids always got questions about Santa Claus. Let me tell you about Santa Claus. <laughs> Yeah, this is uh, this is an interesting ragtag group. The um, other guy looks like. Let's see, we got yeah, got some interesting characters here. <laughs> there is uh, there's this little scene where the the one of the elves is being a pervert. My, aren't you a nicely appointed long drink of water for an elf? Uh, he's like looking at her butt or whatever. It's yeah, like very doing something with that nose. Very creepy. But yeah. this is where I get to, like the Lobo vibe from a little bit. Or these elves are just not like normal elves. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. Howard starts breaking up boxes. There's there's guns. There's shot. There's all sorts of weapons and stuff. And uh, Howard goes, "Hey, what's with all this gift wrap heavy ordnance?" And the elf just goes, "NRA members get presents too." <laughs> uh, funny little, sh- I, I guess, little reference there. Um, Whatever they all put on these backpacks and they jump off this flying bus thing. The little kid with the Wolverine costumes there, uh, but it's we scroll down. There's a cool shot of Howard. He's got like a he's got two machine guns. Yeah, he's got the parachute. Cool. It's really cool. cool. Yeah. Um, but the problem is that all these Santa's helpers are shooting the elves. 
Uh, they're just shooting at the elves, not the right targets. And then uh, Howard's like, hey, good shooting troops. Only please redirect your fire towards the bad guys instead of blowing away friendly elves and ruminating reindeer. So they start going after the after Hydra. It's a uh, it's a really fun kind of battle. It almost you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of Deadpool two, when they all hopped out and uh, yep. they were getting messed up. Yep, yep. Landing yep. on the power yeah. lines, the, the the tree cutter, um, <laughs> all that's one of, that was such a good good scene. Uh, they end up going into one of well they, they end up making it in, and there's this lady there in Hydra gear. I'm not sure what her name is. Um, but they're trying to produce this Hydra toys. That's really the goal is to produce a bunch of Hydra toys and, uh, and whatever. There's a bunch of stuff that happens, a bunch of battles. The Wolverine kid actually gets, he gets mad and ends up killing this Hydra lady. And, uh, so some interesting stuff and Howard eventually frees Santa Claus. It's a very heartwarming story. <laughs> uh, it kind of underlines it, but all the Santa like characters, they all bet they, they get into a big battle with the, uh, with the Hydra, it just eviscerate them, and you know they bring back Christmas. Christmas is saved, uh, of course, as the only way that Howard the Duck could ever really save Christmas. So uh, this was insane. Aren't yeah, like we... like the the elves are in this like alien weights like spacecrafts. What the heck? Yeah, it, there's Crazy. a lot to this story. There's a lot to this story. I did, lots I, of ins and outs. Lots of. The art, I do like the art for the late 90s. I know a lot of people No, the art's it. beautiful, actually. The, the, the art's really good. The, art. the story is fun. It's just as any, you know, Howard the Duck, you could imagine. Yeah, it's, it's it, it honestly has Deadpool vibes. It yeah. really does. Yeah, it's good so, stuff. That's good stuff. But that is my holiday special. That is my final holiday special um, for uh, for panel discussion. Uh, so I went with something kind of equally zany. I went with the Tick. Big red and green Christmas special, and we see the Tick wearing a cowboy hat, and he's got some tinsel around him. He's looking like a real cowboy. He's got, like, Christmas lights strung around like a lasso, and he's got two candy canes like a six-shooter. This is from 2001, Um, and this is actually—it's funny because as I was reading it, there were ads for Uh, the Tick television show. Oh, no, it's not? No. Oh, son of a gun. Wait, hold on. Let me try this. No, damn it! All right, I'll trust your I'll trust your your voice, unless you can get it to me. I'm sorry. I'll send it again because I just clicked yeah. on it. And it was good. I don't know why. Not found. The requested URL was not found on the server. What the fudge? I'll send it again. See if it works. There we go. Let's try this. So, yeah, this is from 2001. Uh, the Tick, Big Red and Green Christmas Special. Um, it was by New England Comics. Not too familiar with that, but uh, written by Clay and Susan Griffith. So I hope this was a family affair. <laughs> Dave Garcia was the uh, the gentleman who, who, who did the artwork. And we start off, and it says, A rootin' tootin' Christmas. And we got five of these 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 cowboy looking guys with their their masks tied around their faces, and he goes, "I said, oh your toys, hombre, and I mean right quick too. And my trigger finger getting itchy and upward, and a little Christmas shoot 'em up." So these these guys are at a toy store and they're robbing it, but we find out that they're they're not actually robbing it; they're 
paying for the toys, but they just want all the toys. Okay. So they're just buying all the toys legitimately, but it's still a kind of a dick move uh, around I Christmas. See. Okay. To buy all the toys. Oh, you mean like when people hoard PS5s and, yeah, and then we sell yeah, them for double yeah. the price? Yeah. See, so so we get these cowboys and, and they got they got they got the, the whole they got the, the wagons rallied. <laughs> I don't feel like a desperado what we're paying for all these toys and all, but that how the boss wants it done. But I didn't show my ID with that check. <laughs> and they're shooting the guns off. Ah, yippee-ki-yay, yippee-ki-yay. You're a bad one, all right, Court. And then we see a shot of uh, of the Tick and Arthur, and we got a Christmas tree and we got a menorah, because I believe Arthur is Jewish, if I remember correctly. And uh, they're watching the news, and they said, oh, the Clench Mandrake is live at the World is My Toy Store. And Arthur goes, hey, Tick, you should check this out. So we see the newscaster, he's your stereotypical newscaster, and he's like, uh, you know, guns and Christmas, usually a perfect match, but this year, something is wrong. What's happened? Oh, well, some cowboy bought all of our toys. All the toys? He goes, mm. yeah, check, says Horace Sterno, and his address is tantalizing clues. And you know, Arthur's like, well, that, 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 someone would buy all the toys at gunpoint? I don't understand that. <laughs> and, you know, Tick's confused, and uh, Tick, you asked... And, and Tick goes, hey, did you get my... Oh, Tick, Tick asks Arthur. He's like, well, the toy store's all out of toys, Arthur. Is this going to affect my Christmas gift? <laughs> and Arthur goes, well, you asked for towels. And Tick <laughs> just, I don't remember asking for towels. <laughs> well, I must have asked for them for some reason. And this is when we hear that a riot is breaking out at the toy store because there's no toys. <laughs> so uh, the Tick and Arthur realize they should probably get down there. So they get down there, and all the toys are sold out, and people are like, well, you know, they got more toys in back. Let's break the windows down. Let's get those toys. And the Tick comes in. He tries to stop them, and uh, uh, this woman's like, oh, I got no toys for my son. I got no toys. What am I going to give little Billy for Christmas? And the Tick reminds her that towels are a great gift. And she goes, I can't give him towels. He'll eat me alive. So then here comes Arthur, and all these people go, hey, he's got wings. Let's get those wings. My daughter loves wings. So they're trying to just rip Arthur's poor costume apart. Then they get on the tick, and they're trying to tear his antennas apart. And uh, so that's when Tick and Arthur, they get the heck out of there, and they hide in a dumpster. And then uh, they go, we got to figure out this Sterno gentleman. So they go down to the Sterno's palace, and it looks like your normal rustic western saloon and they barge in there and there's all these cowboys and you got your barkeep and the barkeep they walk up to the bar barkeep you know what do you have strangers well the tick says i could eat potato skins that's what i'm gonna get potato skins and we'd actually arthur goes we'd actually like to talk to mr sterno oh would you now huh and he grabs a shotgun double barrel i might add and he points right at Tick, and all of a sudden, all the other cow poke, they point their six shooters right at Tick and Arthur. Oh, boy. And here comes Mr. Sterno. And he goes, ah, he kind of looks like uh, he's got a c- cigar. He's got a nice little pencil mustache, nice little Texas tie, a little cravat there. He's looking pretty good. Normal cowboy. He's got a couple gallon, ha- gallon hat on. And he walks up, and he introduces himself. And, uh, you know... Uh, he tells his boys, lay low, lay low. These boys are going to feel like they're not welcome. And then Arthur asks, well, you know, why'd you buy all the Christmas toys from these kids? And he goes, well, that just ain't too bad, isn't it? I just happen to think getting toys for Christmas makes you weak. 
Look at me, all I have a wonderful Christmas with official what up Carson six shooters. And it shows the thought bubble of him as a little boy. And he's like, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, I'm going to get these six shooters. And he opens it up and it's a Geiger meter. And that's when he realized that he's made his fortune in, uh, in uranium. Mm. And then, you know, so... Uh, and the, the, the tick realizing that this guy's, you know, this backstory, this backstory sounds like the developments of a, a supervillain, if you will. So, uh, you know, the tick realizes that, you know, you got all the toys and, you know, Sterno goes, yeah, the way I see it, I bought all those toys all legal like. So it's none of your business, mister. And the tick says, yeah, I'm making it my business. And where the hell are my goddamn potato skins? <laughs> So in the next shot, we see Arthur and Tick leaving, and uh, Arthur goes, you know what, I got an idea, Tick. And he goes, yeah, they really skimp on the cheese, don't they? And he's looking at a bag full of potato skins. They screwed him. Darn right screwed him on those potato skins. <laughs> and then we see uh, we see the main villain. He's talking to his uh, his head honcho, and uh, he's telling him, you know what, the Tick, he's, he's up to something. He's going to do something, so I want you to go kill him. <laughs> So then we see a, a sweet wagoneer, the old station wagon wagoneer with a wood paneling, a la Christmas vacation. And apparently, I didn't know this, but that's the Tick and Arthur's ride. So they're driving down, and they realize that, hey, this Sterno guy, he wanted these six shooters from this old Western show. Maybe if we get the old Western guy who was in charge of that show, we go visit him. Maybe we can get those six shooters, and we can solve all this problem out. <laughs> so they're driving in their wagoneer. And all of a sudden, they're getting shot up with bullets. And then, bam, there's the uh, the gang of ruffians from Mr. Sterno there. Uh, you know, Tick says, just floor it. Run them over. <laughs> so they do. Uh, they hit the uh, cowboys, but they're a little big for their britches, so they just kind of bounce off the car. They're not dead. They're probably injured, but they come back later. And then we see Tick and Arthur. They drive up to this old folks' retirement home. And... Uh, at the old folks' retirement home, they pull up, and they see this uh, old man sitting there in a wheelchair, dressed in a leotard, kind of like Tarzan-esque, and it says, Old Actors Home. Uh, we had fences. <laughs> we had fences then. So then they meet this old prospector-looking guy named, uh, what's this guy's name? Uh, hang on. He looks like the prospector from Toy Story 2, straight up. But we find out that he oh. was he was the old... Uh, he was the uh, sidekick for this this western ear. So, he goes, yeah, you can go over there. And you see, well, oh, my God, you can go over there and go see him. <laughs> and we see the old cowboy hero, kind of Lone Ranger-esque, but he's an old man. He's in a wheelchair. He's falling asleep. Uh, Tick wakes him up. Uh, he says, we got to serve justice. And that's all that old man needed. That old codger, that's all he needed. <laughs> then we see old Prospector sitting there with Arthur, which is kind of nice because they're both sidekicks. Like, hey, Art, what, what's, your, what's, your best, what's your best sidekick bit? <laughs> Arthur, what, what do you mean, sidekick bit? I don't have one. You know, you get tied up and you're, you're eating funny. What do you do? And he goes, I don't, I don't do bits. Why you fall in a horse trough, don't you? Everybody falls in a horse trough. <laughs> <laughs> So then we see we see the old western cowboy full regalia next to the tick the tick is excited as can be and uh from there 
Uh, we get the sidekick. He's happy to see him. Mighty pleased to see you, Stove Up. That was the sidekick's name, Stove Up. Is Butternut ready? Butternut's his horse. All right, a hump shot. Who whoops you? Oh, boy. And then we see the, 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 the cowboy gets his horse, starts getting ready to go into battle. Uh... We find out the horse is actually, uh, he's a college graduate, the horse is. (laughs) Is that the real butternut, Arthur asks? How old is that horse? Old and dirt, and that ain't his real tail, I tell you. (laughs) The old prospector says. (laughs) So, uh, let's see here. Then, you know, the the tick's trying to get a plan out of this this, uh, gun-toting hero here. And then, uh, yeah, Arthur, he, he's wondering, he wants he he wants to know the toy guns and, and what the name of the toy guns that they're going to give to this this uh, fat cat to get all the kid children's toys back out of hock. Uh, so then they ride off, and we see the old prospector. Of course, he's on the donkey. Oh, well, what kind of a hero wants to hear your advice? He's going to ask for it. <laughs> but it's all right. You're facing your knees and slappers. Yeah, you make some funny faces. So then we get the old the the guys that were hit by the car. They're fine. They're playing cards. And one guy he's pissed off because he had a real good hand. Yeah. But he's like, oh no, here comes this guy. He's a cowboy. He's gonna do some stuff. And then he walks. He's like, mind if I join a party? The old hero cowboy. Oh, is what up? Whooping it up, Carson. That's his name. Whooping it up, Carson. He, I thought he died in Vietnam, the one henchman says. And he goes, everybody take it easy unless you want to see a daylight through your liver. <laughs> These boys are drinking a lot, so they need their <laughs> liver to be working at maximum capacity. I see. And, you know, uh, he, the one the one uh, slack-jawed cowboy, he goes, ah, it's mighty big talk from a mummified old coot. <laughs> <laughs> And he goes, I've been pushing cowboys, and you'll see how big I am. And then he says, you bring your crew? He goes, yup. You want to brawl? Yup. And then here comes the tick and Arthur. And this is funny because we got this Sam Elliott-looking guy, and he's got a referee shirt. <laughs> and he's like, all right, these are visitors, and these are the home team. Now shake hands, and we're going to throw hands. And then he goes, who's going to throw the first punch? And the tick goes, well, we're good guys, so we never get a and he gets punched right in the mush. But the guy hurts his hand because the tick is the tick. And then here comes the old prospect. Yeah, I don't want to get the big money. And then, uh, yeah, uh, Arthur, he wants to know why he's uh, why it always comes down to a fist fight. The tick, he's throwing around these kids like nothing. Here comes the main villain. He shoots a gun off in the air. Uh, and basically, you know, he's like, oh, my gosh, that's my childhood hero. He's here. Oh, what do I do? What do I do? And all of a sudden, you know, uh, the, 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 the uh, hero cowboy, he says he's going to shoot him up. But then he just turns the six shooters to side, hands him to the man. He goes, here you go. He's the six shooters you always wanted as a little boy. And he goes, oh, that's really nice. And Arthur's like, that's right. I was right. That's all it took was the, the six shooters, the toys that he wanted. And, you know, that's when the prospector comes in. Oh, nobody likes a whodunit. You're going to say that that's what you had to do. You're just a sidekick. You need to shut your mouth, you wibble snapper. <laughs> and that's when the villain, he goes, I don't know what to say. And then he turns the pistols on our heroes. He goes, stick them up. You think one stinking present after all these years makes a difference? And that's when Arthur goes, oh, man, I was wrong. So then... 
the chick's like, step aside, partner. I can handle this. And he takes the pistols, and he just breaks them because he's the tick. And then he goes, whoa, that tick fella, he's a horse of a lad. And then the old prospect, yeah, he going to say that on second time. And then that's when we find out that all the toys are in a mine, and the uh, the villain, he's going to blow them up. And that's when our hero, Cowboy, he just gives the villain a hug. And that's when we realize the villain, he didn't really want those pistols. He just wanted the love that those pistols would have shown. And that old villain, his heart grew three sizes that day. <laughs> and he goes, oh, I disarmed the bomb. I'm not going to blow up those kids' toys. You take those toys, you give them to all the kids. They're already paid for. You just give them away. And uh, then we get a little little funny moment with uh, Arthur and the prospector. And Arthur's like, you know, how did I put up with that smug cowboy for so long? Well, you see. Uh, and then Tick goes, hey, we saved Christmas. And uh, they walk out, and uh, Tick's like, come on, chum, Arthur, let's go and celebrate, distribute these toys to all these kids. And then uh, then, then our old prospector friend, he go, you know, he walks out, and, oh, how about y'all kick you in your social security check, pay for them now toys, y'all messer. And he falls in the old horse trough, because that's his shtick. And they're all laughing at him. <laughs> oh, shut your crap, you old owl hoots. I'm all wet. I'm all wet now. I'm all cold. And then the tick wishes Arthur a Merry Christmas. And Arthur, you know, he wishes the tick a Merry Christmas. And that's the end of their holiday extravaganza. That was fun. Yeah, it was. It was. I'm, I'm not a big like. I know of the tech. I watched the show back in the I, early two yeah, thousands. I, car- I grew up watching the cartoon. I never really got into the cartoon. I watched the live action one with uh, Peter Warburton. I, I think it was, was too well adult. Done. I think it was too adult themed. The, uh, the the live action was the cartoon wasn't. Yeah, the, to, my, um, to, to my this is the same artwork as the cartoon. Okay, um, definitely into so this with came that. out around that time then too. Uh, I don't know when the cartoon aired. I, wasn't the cartoon like early nineties? Like early to mid nineties, maybe so it went a little late. This was probably a continuation. Okay. Probably the show was already canceled at this point. So I know so, there's been there's been attempts to kind of revive him. The the uh, Amazon um, show. I, I, I enjoy it. I like it okay. quite a bit. Um, oh, my God. I have Amazon now. I can yeah, watch it. It's okay. on there. Okay. So it's a good show. Um, yeah, it was, it was a cool, fun little book. Um, you know, the characters were what they were. Um, it kind of reminded me, like, I've been watching a lot of uh, 1960s Batman because it's, it's free, and I've been just, just watching it just to tickle my fancy. And it reminded me of that. It's like Villain of the Week. Just ridiculousness, um, stereotypes, whether they're good or bad. <laughs> right. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. No, that was fun. Yeah, that was a lot I of fun. I enjoyed it. That was a lot of fun. So that is it, everybody. That is a wrap on uh, our holiday special readings. We're not sure what we have in store for you. Maybe we just go back to reading normal comics or maybe we... Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we can go back to normal comics for a few weeks and then we'll figure something out for like... Yeah, we'll, we'll figure out a January a, a and February and March and all that goodness. Yeah. Yeah, we don't want to bog you guys down with themes, but it is always cool to have have one and, and be able to work with it. So I like it because it kind of makes me read something that I normally wouldn't read. You know? Yeah, no, always for me. Because before this show, like... You know, I want to thank, I know Greg's not a part of the show anymore, but, uh, you know, Greg really helped me to open up who I was as a comic book reader. Yeah. I've always been 
oh, I'm going to pick that up because I know what it is, yeah. right? I'm a yeah. Spider-Man guy. I'm, I'm going to read Venom. I'm going to read X-Men, Cyclops. And, um, yeah, he really helped me to open up. And, like, I wish he could still be here on the show. I do miss him. Um, do miss him. But, uh, yeah, it, it's it's. I'm glad we get to continue to do this. You know, he, he set me on... He set me on a path like I, when I got into podcasting, dude, I never thought like comics would be like when I would ever talk about. But yeah. uh, I'm grateful for the fact that I got to kind of open, you know, open that up. And uh, yeah, now I pick up stuff I never would have picked up three, four years ago. So so we'll keep that in mind kind of going forward because it's it, it is easy to fall into the trap of just reading Batman and those mainstream characters all the time. Yeah. So. Yeah. Everybody's got their safety net. Things that they're it's a comfort blanket, I would say. Yeah. Um, but it's cool to just read different stuff here and there, and I mean, sometimes you know, it's like the holiday comics. Like I got, I wanted to read this one, like the the one I did last week. I thought two, like three fourths of that book was not really that good, but the Red Skull stuff just really stood <laughs> out. I it just tickled me the right way. That was amazing. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> but I mean, you, you you get some good, you get some bad, but it's nice to just stretch out there and, and spread your wings and try to experience different things. It sure is. Sure is. So we thank you for joining us on, uh, you know, our comic book journey. We hope you continue to support us as we head into uh, 2021. Got to be a better year than this one. I hope so. Fingers can't get, crossed. Can't get much safe. worse. Can't get much worse. <laughs> no, it can. That's the terrible thing. <laughs> it could get so much You're worse. actually right. But uh, Have you seen Terminator 2? <laughs> Goddamn kids are playing on a playground, and then all of a sudden a nuke goes off. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Something creepy about skeletons sitting on a seesaw and a teeter-totter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't want that. Uh, but all right, everybody, that is it. And in closing... That got dark quick. It really did. I didn't <laughs> I didn't know how to go about that. All right. Um, give give I, the people... I, I, got, I got something. Give the people a holiday movie a recommendation. You uh, give uh, one, I'll give oh, one. Oh, a holiday movie recommendation? Um... That's a good idea. Let's do. Uh, oh my God, the one with Arnold. Oh, uh, Jingle All the Way. That is my favorite Christmas movie. Of Put all those time. cookies down. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody Phil, likes Booster. <laughs> Phil Hartman is amazing in that movie. He's such a cuckold. <laughs> He's such a cuckold. Man. I love that movie. I got it for Christmas a couple years ago, and that is my my de facto one. So that's a that's a good Christmas. It's an important one to watch. I got a. That one, like, it, it's kind of a back burner on that one. And, I mean, it's cool because Jake Lloyd finally got another acting gig after Phantom Menace. <laughs> that poor that poor soul. Yeah. Oh, he's had a hard life and after. Had, well, was Big Show? I think Big Show Big was, Show was, was one, of one of the Santas. Santas yeah. So was uh, uh, Jim Belushi. He was one of the Santas. That's right. Any movie with Sinbad, he can't go wrong. No, you can't. It was Sin, at Sinbad. top to bottom a fantastic Christmas movie. I I need to rewatch that, too. I have it on DVD. I legit asked for it a couple years ago. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. If I'm going to go for a, a, a deep cut on a Christmas movie, kind of off the beaten path, whew, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I think I'm going to recommend that everybody has to watch Bad Santa 2. Bad Santa's great. <laughs> Bad Santa 2, I didn't like it right away, but that, or a very bad, uh, a bad mom's Christmas. That's also a very good one. <laughs> I'm going a little raunchier. If I'm gonna go family friendly, gonna go with uh, the 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 uh, there. There's not been a more artistic representation of a Christmas Carol. Charles Dickens. It's classic. 
And no yeah. one's done it better than the Muppet group and Michael Caine. I figured you're going that route. Yeah, you can't beat that. You can't beat that one. You really can't. You can't. You can't. Michael Caine brings it like a Shakespearean actor would, but he's surrounded by damn puppets. <laughs> it's a thing of beauty. Thing of beauty. Man. Whenever I finish my Christmas shopping, I'm going to be doing a lot of a lot of what rewatching. Um so that probably won't be till Christmas Eve. Like really early Christmas Eve because that's who I am as a person. So to, <laughs> I'm to, the worst Christmas shopper ever. <laughs> to finish this, I just want to remind you that I wasn't smooching with Al and I wasn't smooching with Leo. I'm not smooching with little Bob or little Mo with the gimpy leg. I'm not smooching with Cliff. You can just get out of here, you filthy animals. Come on, get in here. We got to call this thing. Tighten up. Come here. All right, guys, here's the situation. Two minutes left, zero timeouts, down by a touchdown. We gotta drive 75 yards. Alright, we can do this thing. I believe in each and every one of you. But real quick, did you guys know that the Two Point Conversation podcast runs five days a week, Monday through Friday, with various co hosts and different themes every day? And then you can listen to them on BICBP radio.com, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify? So what's the play? Just, alright, just. Come on, hurry up. Get to the line and just run, and I will get it to somebody. All right? Come on. On three. Ready. Set. Mother. Delay of game. Offense.